You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome in to another edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. It is game week and George, we are here mercifully at this point for the final preview pod of the regular season. Colts Texans, the season finale will be on Sunday. The four-win Colts, the two-win Texans, just like we thought, battling it out in Week 18 and in one of the biggest games of the week. So we'll get you set for that game. Please, we'll try to. We will also discuss a mystery head coaching candidate that George has that could be in the mix, whose name you could hear a lot when it comes to searching for a head coach as soon as Monday. And also, too, we'll get into this discussion here in a second, when you look at the Colts season so far, sitting there at 4-11-1, have they been the biggest disappointment so far this season? We'll discuss that and also a few Colts finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, Reggie Wayne and Dwight Freeney. But George, we start with this. I, I kind of want to just throw this out there because it's sort of like a paradox, but I think this is, this is true. Now that we kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel for the regular season, I feel like twofold both this season flew by considering that we started this pod right you know in the middle of training camp or right when training camp started so it's like the fact that the blue horseshoe pod is kind of winding down here in the regular season kind of when we got started earlier this year and also too this feels like one of the longest seasons I've ever been a part of it's it's both gone forever and also at the same time it feels like it's gone by in a blink of an eye yeah it's weird you know because I I feel the same way I mean in some in some ways it feels like we were just talking in training camp like that just happened, you know, uh, and in other ways, it, it feels like this season's gone on in eternally. Um, I, I think that's what happens when, when you have this kind of year, because uh, every season really flies by. I mean, when you think about it, uh, every time you kind of it just feels like every year for me, September to January is, is just a blink. You know, <laughs> it just kind of. It's week one, and you're thinking this is a really long haul, and and you look up, and it's like week eight all of a sudden, and then the season's over. Uh, but then I think when you're losing, and and you have the expectations as we're going to get into here in a little bit that they had coming in, there's just so much. I think the biggest thing this year to me is mental fatigue. I mean, I keep talking about that with the players, but I think it's true of, of fans and media as well. I mean, there's just it's been one of those years where so many things happened, and, and it was bad news almost every Monday. I mean. You know, it felt like, you know, pretty much every Monday or Tuesday, here came something down down the pipe that that you didn't want to hear. Um, it, it just makes the season feel like almost interminable. Right, that kind of month between like Halloween and Thanksgiving, like I said, every I feel like we're doing emergency pods every single Monday. There's always some sort of crazy bit of news coming out, and like I said, it just that that felt like that month alone felt like an entire blur. But you're right, it feels like just yesterday we're talking about. Sam Ellinger being a part of the 53-man roster and having three quarterbacks to start week one. And then here we are already at week 18 talking about a forward football team. 
it's been, like I said, a very chaotic year. It's been a busy year for sure, without a doubt. For how bad this team is, there's been no shortage of storylines whatsoever. So speaking of which, George, now that we can basically put a bow in the season, I don't think win or lose on Sunday is going to change this answer for sure. So I think it's a good time to kind of talk about it now. We look at the Colts coming in with expectations of winning the division. I right? remember when we did our preview pod to start the year. We talked about expectations. We both had them winning the division. Uh, I believe your expectation was to win a playoff game. Mine was just to you know basically make the playoffs, and from there, it's, it's a crapshoot. So if we had expectations high and bare minimum playoff team division winner, and clearly they have fallen well, well, well short of that. There's other teams out there, you know, the Raiders, the Broncos. I know it's kind of weird to say because both the Packers and Buccaneers, well, in the Bucks' case, will make the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Packers could make the playoffs after they were 4-8 and eight at one point this year. But even look at the record with how they've gone so far this season, even if they make the playoffs, it's still a big disappointment from, you know, what the preseason expectations were. So there's a good amount of teams that I would say underachieved this season in the NFL. Would you say the Colts are the top of that list or is someone else there? Um, yeah, I throw the Rams into that mix too, but I think they had injuries. Good one, yep. and I think that was a big part of their, you wonder what happens if Matthew Stafford's healthy this year. Uh, it probably wouldn't be a four win year for them or five win year for them, I guess is where they're at right now. Uh, I put Denver at the top of the list just because I know at least one person on this pod picked them to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, and and I, don't, I don't think you were alone. I mean, people looked at that Russell Wilson trade and they felt like it was the missing piece. You know, they were expected not just to, to compete for the AFC West, but to compete for, for a Super Bowl championship uh, and to have Russell Wilson be a potential MVP candidate. So there were high expectations here. Absolutely. Uh, and we weren't alone in the, in that regard either. And people thinking that Matt Ryan was going to come in and, and fix a lot of things. And, and this team would be a playoff team. Uh, I think it's both teams have, have a case for being, you know, the most disappointing, but I just think Denver's if you would have polled like experts across the league at the beginning of the year, I think they would have all said Denver's going to have a better season than the Colts. They would have felt like Denver was more likely to make playoffs, go further in the playoffs. And, you know, they lost the head to head battle right now. They're, they're behind the Colts in the, in the draft. They're probably going to end up picking higher. Well, they're not going to have the pick because they traded it's Seattle, even worse. Yeah. But their, their season will have ended up being even worse than the Colts. So, I think Denver gets that crown, uh, but it should be no consolation to the Colts because they're right there. I mean, after Denver, I don't think there's – you can look at the Raiders and the Packers and the Bucks and, and all the teams you just mentioned. I don't think any of those teams really come close to the Colts in terms of, you know, how far short of expectations they fell. Like you said, Tampa is going to make playoffs, and, and who knows? I mean, the NFC, uh, if Green Bay gets in, who knows who, who's going to win that conference? So, um you know, they could still end up with some really good things to take away from this year. The Colts, I, I don't know what your takeaway is from this season. I can't, you know, usually at the end of the year, you can point to something and say, well, the development of, of, of this young player or, you know, a coach that came along or, or whatever. I think it's really hard. I, like your take on it, you know, what what do you feel like happened this year that's going to help this football team in 2025 or 2026. And that's the thing too. Like the biggest success you could say, or the biggest like shining light coming out of this year, if you want to say, or, or hope is just like, if, it, it, it honestly, it's based on the quarterback you draft in, in April. Like they get Bryce Young. It's okay. This, this season you could say is a success. And that's also just honestly projecting that Bryce Young is a good quarterback. We've seen many of these top quarterbacks in, in the NFL draft that just flame out, not play up to expectations. So that's another thing. Like, there's really nothing you could say definitively right now that there's been a bright spot. Like even the defense, for all they've done, and I don't still think this last month is really on them. 
But it's like they've been the most solid unit of this year. But again, is that really saying much? Like the linebackers have been pretty good, especially without Shaq Leonard. So, okay, we, we give him that in the secondary. But really, again, there, there's not a lot that gives you a lot of encouragement going forward. So you're right. It's going to be all basically who can you hire and who do you draft with this draft position you got from this horrible year. And then in five years, maybe if, if that quarterback works out, we can say, okay, 2022 for how bad it was and how much of a circus it was, it was worth it. But there's really no way to answer that the next year or two, just because there's so many, you know, you have to see how the dominoes fall after this season. I think you're right about Denver. Cause like, when you get Russell Wilson, I was the one I was all on board. I thought this team was going to the Super Bowl, and here they are picking inside the top five. And Russell Wilson is a guy that, again, when we talk about, you know, attractive head coach openings, that's a guy that depending on what kind of candidate you are, the coach can be more attractive just because you look at Russell Wilson and say, that's a guy I don't want, which is kind of crazy when you give him all that draft capital, you go all in, give him the massive contract. And now one year later, that could be a guy that is, you know, repelling potential head coaching candidates because of how bad he was in 2022. I'm with you on Denver. I would also put the Raiders above the Colts just because of the fact that you look at this team, they made the playoffs last year, Richard Pisaccio. You run it back, you you get Devontae Adams. So again, for all you know, the offense, you look at what they have, you bring in a top flight wide receiver. This should be where not expectations were high. I would say I think it was a more of a uh, consensus the Colts were going to be a playoff team compared to the Raiders. But also I think part of that was just the Raiders are in the AFC West. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about how good the AFC West is going to be before the year. Obviously it didn't pan out that way. But I think when you look at you bring in Joshua Daniels, you bring in Devonta Adams, this is supposed to kind of take him over the top. And now bare minimum, get back to where he did last year. And now we're sitting here talking about a Raiders team that not only is nowhere near the playoff race, but also lost to the Colts and Jeff Saturday. And now we see George, seven games later, how, like, we thought it was embarrassing in the moment. Now you look back and you see the last, you know, how the last five, six games have gone. It's 10 times worse for Joshua Daniels. He also lost to Baker Mayfield, who was in L.A. for like 40 hours by the time that Thursday night Rams uh, Raiders game kicked off. You lose that. He's blown, what, four double-digit halftime leads, which is, out, you know, astonishing. Congrats to you. So it's like I said, I think you also were perfectly. It's not a consolation prize that the Colts are – Depending on you know on your view of some of these teams before the season, second or third in terms of most disappointing, it's still a flat on embarrassment. It's still a massive underachievement. But I think when you look around, I would put both teams in the AFC West and the Broncos and Raiders slightly ahead, just because of you go all in this offseason, whether it's a receiver or a quarterback, and to, to fall equally with the Colts and where they are, or like I said, in the case of the Broncos, even worse, it's it's embarrassing. No, there's no doubt. I think you're right about the Raiders. I mean, you go back to those preseason expectations. They were another team that was probably expected to be at least the roster was better than the Colts. You know, like you talk about the division and things were making some of that that different. But right. I think people looked at what they did in the offseason and felt like the Raiders were a better team than the Colts were coming into this season. And and I guess they'll end up they'll be ahead of the Colts. So congratulations on that. But uh, again, well, well, well short of, of where they wanted to be. I think that the thing that's in common with all three of these is, you know, something big you did in the offseason, your centerpiece move not working out. I mean, Russell Wilson being just a travesty to this point in Denver, maybe that'll turn around. We'll see it better for their sake. Yeah. Um, Josh McDaniels imploding in, with the Raiders and then Matt Ryan not being able to to raise this offense at all. I mean, that's to me the biggest disappointment of this season when you look at, you know, all the things that there are to point at for where this went wrong, this offense is historically bad. And I, I'm not, that's not hyperbole. 
you know, I, I think by DVOA, they're the worst. I, I believe Nate Atkins from the Indy Star told me they're the worst by DVOA since the 2018 Cardinals, which had a rookie Josh Rosen at quarterback. Oh. I mean, when, when you look at things like that, it's incredible. And that's, I guess, too, if you want hope for the future, this offense was so wretchedly bad that even improving to, like, the middle of the league uh, would would probably put you in playoff contention. I mean, that that's how bad things went on that side of the ball this year. You're right, and, and we talked about too the turnovers. Like you, you just get marginally better on offense. You cut down the thirty plus turnovers. I mean, in half is that even like I don't think it's that drastic to go from thirty plus like fifteen or so, like basically go from two a game to one a game. All of a sudden now, like I said, that's probably three or four wins, and now you're looking at a team that's hovering off five hundred just on, on those sheer small improvements for next year. That is a good point where it's just like, it shouldn't be that hard and shouldn't be that quick of a turnaround. So you hope that that's more of an attractive uh, outlook for again, potential head coaches, which we'll get to here in a second. But when you look at even just this team, I mentioned Matt Ryan, like I said, Matt Ryan, I thought he's actually, you know, coming off last year, which you kind of look around and said, okay, I thought it was more the Falcons lack of weapons and just kind of lack of talent around him. that kind of led to his downfall. I really thought we'd see kind of, a Matthew Stafford rejuvenation like he had in LA. We kind of see not, you know, a Super Bowl run by any stretch of the imagination, but just a reminder that, oh yeah, Matt Ryan still has a little juice left this year in ending. Obviously, we saw that was not the case whatsoever. Would you say Matt Ryan's been the biggest disappointment on this Colts team so far this season? Would you go somewhere else? Um, it's between him and the offensive line. I mean, when we come in, I felt like Matt Ryan was gonna be like a 4,500 yard guy, 25 touchdowns. I thought that was reasonable that you'd see him in that range, obviously nowhere near those numbers. No. Uh, it wouldn't have been, even if he hadn't been benched twice, it, it's not, that's not the only thing that, that, that held that back. Uh, I thought that he would open up a lot of the passing game, uh, give them a lot more versatility uh, on that side of the ball. And, and obviously none of that came close to, to being true. And honestly, you know, we saw it week one. Uh, I think at the time we were thinking, well, it's just week one woes and it's, you know, this is this is how this team opens seasons, but you go back now with, with the benefit of hindsight, it was all right there in Houston uh, at, at the very start of the season. You know that offense did nothing until the fourth quarter, uh, and then they were able to to do some some hurry up and, and get in, get on the board. And really, uh, all year long, whatever success they have with Matt Ryan, most of it came in an up tempo kind of you know setting. So. I think he's right there. I think the offensive line is is maybe one a alongside him. Uh, we knew that there were. I, I think they're they're second because we knew there were some concerns there coming in. You knew they had two new starters to bring in, which is never easy. You knew they didn't finish the year last year the way they wanted to. Uh, so there at least was some concern there. I don't think it was as shocking that that they were you know falling short of expectations. But when you look at what this team thought they were going to do come in here and run the ball and support Matt Ryan that way, uh, give him good protection and let him find his targets. But the offensive line fell just as short of that goal as Matt Ryan did on, on his side of things. So uh, again, the offense in general, just it fell so far short of expectations. And I don't think anybody thought this was going to be a top 10 offense, but I don't think anybody thought it was going to be 32nd either. Right, a bottom two offense where it's like 16.1 points per game. And as we get set for Colts-Texans here on Sunday, fittingly, two of the worst offenses are tied in terms of 16.1 points for the Colts and 16.1 points per game for the Texans. So like the offense has been by far, that unit, one of the biggest disappointments in all the NFL. 
I would just lean when it, for for the Colts. I would say it's the offensive line just because I think the expectations were higher. We said Matt Ryan. We both like. I was buying the fact that he's going to just they're going to keep it simple. He's going to have a good run game to lean on and just basically not be Carson Wentz. They're going to trust him more, and that should open up the offense. Clearly, he was somehow ten times worse turnover wise than Carson Wentz ever was. But like I said, I think that just starts the offensive line in part because I thought that was even with how they finished last year, the last two or three games. I really thought that was an area where okay, so the highest paid unit in the uh, in the NFL. They have, you know, all pros and pro bowlers, you know, even though there's two spots and left tackle being one of them with questions, it's so you got a lot of talent that maybe that should overcome, you know, those holes, those efficiencies, and you'll be at least able to get a push. And as you saw, that was absolutely not the case. Matt Ryan, I think, got skittish early, never trusted the protection. We saw that early on. Like I said, I think you're 100% right about when it comes to the Texans in week one. We saw for three quarters this offense be just dead. In the fourth quarter, you, have, you rattle off 17 points, and it's like, okay, maybe there's, you know, you, you kind of get some of the rust off, and here you go. You look back, and it's like, that's been basically the Colts' MO this season. It's all or nothing, right? They're either humming, and then they could score two or three drives in a row, or they just get nothing going. They can't get in the red zone. They have some sort of turnover that kills any of the momentum, and it's like, yeah, it's been all or nothing. They, they can't sustain really anything. I mean, it's been another maddening part for this season, and now it's just the last month, six weeks. It's been unable to sustain any sort of life whatsoever. It's been just absolutely just brutal, brutal, brutal to watch. So congrats to the Colts. They have not been the biggest disappointment this year. Uh, there's a little participation trophy, a, a little, you know, pin you can put on your uh, your shirt there, uh, Jim Mercy, to kind of say, hey, we're not the worst, but you are one of the worst when it comes to disappointing teams. That is for sure. In 2022. You're in the bottom quartile of the bottom quartile. Oh, for the last, what, two decades, they were upper quartile of upper quartile. And this year, they are the bottom quartile of the bottom quartile when it comes to performance and especially when it comes to discipline. I like that, George. That is that is perfect. Perfect for sure. All right. When we come back, because of the disappointment, Frank Reich, as we know, did get fired. And Jeff Saturday, look, again, if he gets a head coaching job, I may hand him my Colts fandom for life after that, or at least till he's he's no longer the head coach, that's for sure. But we talk about head coaching candidates a lot. And the name we've talked about a lot is Jim Harbaugh. Well, what about if Jim Harbaugh doesn't want the job? What if Jim Harbaugh takes another job? We haven't really talked about any other candidates. We haven't really talked about any other possibilities. George has a mystery candidate whose name he thinks you'll be hearing a lot this head coaching cycle. We'll get that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. 